This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTB Koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Well, if a week is a long time in politics, it's a lifetime in sport. We've gone from 2-0 down to 2-all in the five-match series in New Zealand with the decider and the big one, obviously, in the test series. But Ireland have beaten the Mary All Blacks by 30 points to 24. Keith Wood, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chair. That was pretty, um, pretty impressive stuff. I mean, when you think about it, it's a scratch team who will never play again together. Uh, but it's clear that the quality of coaching and direction that the players are getting is sensational because they've gone from being just off the plane and hammered two weeks ago to now putting in a performance where you're like, oh, you'd be happy watching any of these guys play for Ireland. Like, what a transformation. Incredible transformation. I mean, it's it's interesting when you talk about just being off the plane. It is a, it's an incredibly long trip. It's a very tiring trip at the end of a long season. Um I would have said that in um, both the first matches, uh, the Maori match and the Test match, we seemed to be quite flat. And whether that was fatigue or whatever it was, or the mixture of the players or whatever it was, are not getting our minds right for the game, which, which can happen. And it can be, have a legacy from one match to the next. But the reverse of that's equally true. So uh, I thought our performance at the weekend was pretty phenomenal. Um uh, in virtually every single aspect, and uh, and today it looks as if the confidence that had um, had gone from the previous week um, and the level of understanding of what it is that the coaches wanted the players to do, and the fact that some of the players had played a match, even that they just seemed to raise to a much higher level. So I, look, I just thought they looked infinitely more comfortable, which which is great. I mean, an awful lot of the players played Heineken Cup. Some of them have played internationals, um, but most of their rugby is URC of a lower standard. And this is a big step up to a higher level of skill and a very, very demanding place to go and play. Um, I think they may have been a bit shell-shocked with that, uh, uh, whatever, two weeks ago. Now they look as if they were fully immersed in what the tour was. So they, they seem to play with a higher level of understanding. And I think it's great in terms of their confidence. We shouldn't underestimate as well. So the, the conditions were absolutely abysmal. There's like howling wind. It's lashing rain. And uh, they can see the try pretty much from the first Mary All Black attack. And not a great try to concede. It's like a, a set move off a line out, off the top of the line out. And they sweep across from right to left in the corner. And you're like, ooh, this could be a long, long morning. But it didn't knock, it didn't knock anything out of them. No, I mean, we were very narrow in that line-out and I think a couple of the players bit in at different times, which gave them the overlap. But with the weather conditions as they were, and you could see it with an offload of the kicks as well, where if they weren't kicked absolutely perfectly purely, they kind of drifted. Um, they could have drifted 20 yards in the wind. So that can affect things. So you're probably better off to be tight and have an expectation that uh, long passes won't work particularly well. So, uh, look, I think we'd made a decision and then we didn't, well, New Zealand didn't do that any for any of the rest of the game. We could have been a bit shell-shocked by it, but we weren't. I mean, when you're playing, playing in New Zealand, even midweek matches, it's like a rugby NBA. You know, you're 
Yeah, you learn so much so quickly. There's, um, and if you don't, you fall by the wayside. And Irish teams in the past and tours down there have fallen by the wayside. So to see this team, which I think is a fairly young experimental team, I mean, there's a few old guys in there too, but they're still guys who would not have played a huge amount of rugby together um, for them to react in the manner in which they did was incredibly enjoyable to watch. I think that the back five that we've finished with, and maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, at one stage it might have been uh, 22, 21, 22, 23, 22 in, in terms of age. When, whenever Treadwell went off, I think he was replaced by Ryan Baird because he's obviously going to be on the bench for the weekend. Um, none of them looked out of place. And, and actually one of the last tries we scored was uh, with the heft of the second row getting the ball over the line for Coombs to touch down. You know, it looked like they, it really looked like they could be an Ireland pack I, I understand it's not against an international team and the Mary All Blacks are also a scratch team who will never play again together likely but you've got to be impressed by the fact that whatever messages they're getting from all aspects of the coaching tickets they've been landing Yeah I also think it's very positive and um, and I don't know but I know Andy Farrell reasonably well um, He's a pure out-and-out leader is what he is and has been. Um, he is a guy who wants attention to detail and he wants people to play very well, but he recognises that mistakes are as much a part of sport as anything else. And I think when you, if you're constantly complaining about a mistake being made, you won't even try anything. And I don't think that that's part parcel of this Irish setup. I think the, the willingness is to try and do different things and to take elements of risk. We were risk-averse for a long time and it served us really well. But I think the progression from that is to move on to an idea to make calculated risks. And I think that has been um, part and parcel of, of this setup. And it seems as if there's still a level of joy in the squad. There didn't seem to be any joy in the first week and now there seems to be an awful lot because they bedded into the idea. They, look, they seem to have a very high sense of belief. That makes it really exciting. So I thought the pack did very well. I thought Lockman did well. I thought Treadwell did really well. Um, McCarthy did well. Um, I thought Ryan Baird, when he came on, did well. Nick Timoney has had a huge influence on both those games. I think he stood up very well. Um, and I think Coombs has started to come back to having um, a little bit more about him. He got a pretty nasty bang into the ribs as well at one stage. And he was obviously suffering at the end and he hasn't played a huge amount of rugby. Um, and it'll be good to see how he kind of pushes on for the rest of the year for, from next season. But I think an awful lot of players showed very well. I was very happy with nine and 10. Um, I thought uh, Casey got a bit of a stinger at the start. So he was hanging out on the sideline for a while. He was hanging his arm for a while and yet he still played the whole game. Um, and I thought Frawley, I thought Frawley played very assuredly, and uh, and he looked very comfortable with it. And I liked that idea of a guy who's unflappable. And he went for long kicks to touch, and they didn't go in. But we saw as the game went on, a lot of kicks didn't go where they should go because of the swirling wind that was there. They're all things that you learn from it. And but I thought it was, I thought it was really exciting on the back of last weekend. Yeah, um, we should mention Stuart McCluskey. There's, people are going to see an outrageous pass for the final Great try pass. that we score. I didn't actually know he had that in his game as well as everything else. So that was um, as deft uh, skip pass, 25, 30 metre skip pass to send somebody straight through. It showed vision, it showed precision under the conditions. Um, maybe, maybe he's a candidate for a place on the bench at the weekend given that Gary Ringrose isn't going to be there. 
Yeah, I mean, in fairness to McCluskey, he's been in and out of the squad for quite a while. I think um, I don't know that he was entirely to uh, Joe Schmidt's liking because he was prone to an offload under huge pressure, which um, which uh, Joe wouldn't have ever liked. I think there may be more forgiveness within the Irish setup for that, um, and it's to try and get the right play. It's the consistency of play from McCluskey. Um, and I think at times in, in in his career, he's tried to force too much, almost to prove the point that he can um, play that offloading game and he can do it all the time. It's when he plays with a little bit more composure, he offers an offload more um, for Ireland. So, But that pass at the end of a game, when everything is fatigued, it was the right decision at the right time with perfect execution, which is great. So, I mean, again, it'll be very interesting to what happens on the bench at the weekend. Um uh, it's interesting around Carberry. It's interesting around Frawley. I think they go with Carberry on the bench. Um, but I think we saw an awful lot more today of the potential that Frawley can can offer. And um, I'm delighted to see him step up because he had a nervy day on one of his first starts at 10 for a lot, an awful long time. A couple of weeks ago, he played far more short today. So I think there's an awful lot more in that experiment to see yet. Yeah, I, I do wonder, like, we, we might not see him play at 10 very much more before the World Cup. Like, it's definitely one of the... the well, we have to. I mean, we have to. We have to We have to progress with different with different options and with, with all the best will in the world. And I'm a huge fan of Joey Carberry. And I also think everybody is trying to give him the best chance that they possibly can. But he needs to regain his confidence as quickly as he can. Um, he has played pretty well for Ireland at times, but we need to see him playing consistently at 10, managing and bossing a game. And he seems to have lost a bit of that confidence. I'd like to see him get it back if he can. But in the meantime, we can't be reliant. Um, and I know we don't want to always go back to Johnny Sexton conversations because he was truly phenomenal on Saturday. He really was phenomenal. But we can't be relying on a 37-stroke 38-year-old when we get to the next World Cup Um uh, and or players who don't have confidence. That's what we did five years ago. We went into, or four years ago, we went into a World Cup where um, we didn't have enough uh, strength and depth of people who played enough of matches at that stage. And that's one of the few uh, lingering doubts that we have. We would like Johnny to be able to play at that standard he played last weekend uh, without getting injured at all. But we know that the rugby gods play cruel games at different times. So, um, we need more strength and depth. So, can I ask a question like about, about the policy? Right, so David Nusafora was was um, sitting in the in the box uh, behind the Ireland team coaches there yesterday. They must be looking at Frawley going. He's not going to play very much rugby unless something something happens. Is there a scenario where we loan him? We break our rules for the World Cup and we loan him to somewhere where the deal is you've got to pick him week in week out if he's fit and he's got to play ten. A French team, an English team somebody and say you've got him for a year up until the World Cup and we're going to continue to pick him for Ireland we're breaking our own rules because this is a national emergency yeah I'm, look I don't know whether that is the case but we are in a bit of an emergency unless other players come to the fore so um, that's like we're in a we're in a quandary we've been in this quandary for five years six years now so um, that's the issue that we're trying to deal with I would it may be the case that you can go closer to home and say, well, actually, we'd rather see him be picked more often in Leinster 
And that doesn't require any change of it. It does require a level of additional uh, imposition onto Leinster coaches. And I don't know that they'll take to that very well, um, but it may be the, the requirement. And it's trying to get the balance of everything that you, requ- you require right. I think it's just one of those really, really awkward elements. Now, we're equally looking to see whether one of the young guys in Munster will come up to the fore or not. But for them, they'll have to get they'll have to start playing an awful lot more rugby or we need Joey to find a higher level of confidence because at the moment he's not where he was and we do need to make certain that we end up with enough of players in strength and depth and that's the one area well we have a couple of areas of weakness but that's one of them so we want to make certain it's a strangely it's our area of strength and weakness in equal measure because you're only an injury away yeah, that's the thing like um yeah, my rugby supporting friends are like it's hard to get too excited about the Rugby World Cup at the moment because we're so invested in Sexton and yet it's hard not to get excited because Sexton is playing so well it's like it is a conundrum that we're that one injury away the one thing I'd say a tweet went viral at the weekend from uh, one of the Welsh rugby podcasters Josh Gardner congratulations to Ireland on peaking a year out from the Rugby World Cup again 3,000 likes the one difference this time is that our style of play is continuing to evolve and it's actually not just built on a few core fundamentals. It's built on trying to play the game the way the game should be played. And so we are offloading, we are taking chances. We're not presenting the same threat week in, week out. We're presenting different threats. And whoever comes into the team, it appears, understands that and is actually capable of executing it. That's the one bit that gives me much more confidence this time than the previous time when we were really good at a very specific, narrow style of rugby. Well, what gives me confidence is that we were we were kind of beaten in the pack in the first test. Uh, when we got to the second test, we weren't. And one of the reasons was that our front rows got far more involved in the tighter stuff than they did in the looser stuff. And that's a change. One thing I like from watching Farrell is he he's quite happy to change from week to week, um, give a story to the players, get the, the, the players to buy into it, and then see it happen on the field on that Saturday afternoon. So that's, that is a huge progression, you know, and um, I would have said in 2017 uh, in in, in particular and 2018, when we were playing at our pump, um, every single thing had to go right. And it went right until teams figured out how to stop it. And then we didn't have something else. Now we're chopping and changing quite a lot more. I think it, it makes us into, we're going to have hiccups and mistakes and it may not always work, but we are far um, less predictable. And uh, and I think it puts us into a stronger position. So look, I, for me, I still would like somebody playing like Johnny does at, at, at 10. I think the style like we were talking about this two or three years ago. And if we were talking about it, the, the style in which we were playing, I said, you can't, there's no way in the world you can bring Johnny Sexton to the World Cup. And we said it at the time because that style meant he was getting hit on the game line or he was being unbelievably deep. Now, I just think he is protected by the style a little bit more and he's been able to think his way through everything and his mind is light years ahead of anybody else at the moment. Yeah. So, um, his body may not be, but his mind is, which is pretty fantastic. So look for all of that, I'd be very happy. And I think other people can can fit into it. So but we're looking for someone who has to be relatively robust and that might fit into that as well, because you will always come in for a bit of a bit of hits and um and as you're trying to ease your way into that style, 
a lot of people have uh, nowhere near the understanding of of uh, of Johnny in that role. So they're going to get smashed up a little bit trying to figure it out. So you need a bit of robust there. Yeah, and look, for whatever reason, poor Harry Byrne hasn't had an opportunity to show what he's capable of, but a pecking order gets established on tours like this. Frawley's now ahead of him in that pecking order for the international setup. Something's going to have to happen at Leinster. Um, if you know Ross Byrne is their favourite son, he has been completely reliable for them when they've been trying to reach this level. Uh, whenever Sexton hasn't been there, so um, there's definitely some hard conversations to be had about the ten now, really, because it's this season that somebody's going to have to get enough game time. So the next few weeks are going to be particularly interesting off the pitch um, and maybe we don't get to find out about it until afterwards just a couple of comments that are rolling in here uh, whatever happens on Saturday it's a great tour says I.E. Shane Connor Pratt says I would say most people would have taken two wins from five before this tour started now we're in with a chance of three out of five uh, Eamon Lockin says Coombs Frawley for the first team squad Timoney also played great does anybody who played today actually influence the thinking for the game at the weekend or are they, you know, in the selectors' minds completely separate and so all we're doing here is making sure that the depth, the depth chart is now much more realistically padded out everywhere with the exception of the 10 spot that we're talking about? I think it's a mixture of both of them and uh, a lot depends on on injury and um, like we noticed today, Bielan went went off the off the bench before kickoff. So there's uh, it's the end of a long year. Those guys will get injured, get hurt. There are we're still waiting on reports back from HIAs as to what which players we have that are available. So it, you know, I think a few players put their hands up today. I think like I really want to see Coombs get back to where he was a couple of years ago. I think he was a freer spirit a couple of years ago. Um, and this may be too quick for him this this weekend. Um, Frawley, I, I I'd like to see Frawley exposed in as many big matches as we can because he seems to learn. I mean, I think the improvement from two weeks ago to today was pretty stark. And so you'd like that trajectory to continue wherever you can. You can put him on the bench in, instead of Gary Ringrose this weekend. So Bundy's going to start, we, we assume, yeah. because he's been great um, off the bench. Uh, and Bundy's been great, yeah. So let's assume he starts. And then there is a room, there's room for them to do something there. Like you could put Frawley on and then depending on who gets injured or, or what the requirements are, maybe he comes on and Joey is left in reserve or maybe I don't know there's no chance they drop Carberry and put Frawley on the bench after tonight is there? I don't know if there is I think you could have both of them there so it's 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 one of those interesting elements what do you have at the end we don't know what the ins and outs of the team are who's who's rocking up with a huge amount of bangs I mean look I got I was just so interested with last week with the way some of the players stood up last week I thought Peter Mahoney was phenomenal. Um, I thought um, uh, Johnny was phenomenal. Um, like there were so many players that just seemed to to, to up their game. With it, Ty Byrne was just incredible last weekend, you know. And he was poor the weekend before, and he and he was. He hadn't played any rugby. Yeah, you just see the benefit of that game. It's really hard to back that up again the second week running. Um, because you can raise yourself for a very big game, and it's, but to do it again and again when you haven't played a huge amount is very, very tough. For me, what it showed was that you, if, if and when Peter Mahoney is gone, and he seems to have dipped his toe in the fountain of youth, but um, I think Ty Byrne is his replacement on the flank because they play something very, very similar, very good in the line out, very awkward at, at breakdown. Um, and I think it shows a higher 
sense of balance that we can have in the team if we do that. We, uh, but I, look, I don't know. It, it depends who rocks up. Depends what training is like. There's very little training now. It's all in the mind for the most part between now and and Saturday. And you want people to be as fresh as they can. And they're going to be hungry anyway. And there's an unbelievable opportunity. The prize is incredible there for them. I don't get ahead of the game at all. Um, I did kind of dream a little bit about last week because I think Dunedin is a very unusual ground. It just, it, it really is. There's always something kind of a bit different. We've been very close there before, but the manner in which we performed last week surpassed anything I could have dreamt about. So I'm still allowed to dream for this week. Quinny said yesterday on the show that he he thought today's game was actually going to be important for a couple of different reasons, uh, that it, it, it sets the tone and it, it, it keeps the mood going. And I wasn't sure about it, but afterwards, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I can see now because what it does is it, it re, it's a positive reinforcement of all of the messages that everybody's been giving each other since they decided they were going to put that performance in and unlock that performance at the weekend. It's like this kind of rolling ball of confidence and, um, you know, happiness and smiles and conversations. And like, look, I don't know. Can they carry it into the, uh, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. First thing happens, somebody gets simbined or whatever on Saturday and it doesn't matter. But it feels like it matters now because they did stuff that under pressure was sticking to a game plan that is the evolution of the style of play it's like you you know scratch the surface and you get the same stuff so the style of play is embedded so deeply that young players coming into the squad after a couple of weeks are now doing what the senior players are doing and that's exciting that's exciting Um, style is, is unbelievably important confidence and attitude is incredibly important um, when you're touring on the other side of the world, it tends to be quite hostile. Like New Zealand is a hostile place to go. Um, they're very friendly, except when it comes to rugby, and it's not friendly at all, and it makes it really, really tough. So you have to get your attitude right uh, really, really quickly. Um, I always remember from Lions days, but and before my time, uh, Donald Lennon, who was uh, captain of the midweek team to uh, Australia in '89. Everybody, it was Donald's Donuts, they called it, right? The the midweek team. They were unbeaten and, and it was considered the most important part of the tour that there was never a lapse in attitude or concentration and the responsibility of the midweek team was to deliver, to put pressure on the players who were going to play on the Saturday, but also to say that we're always here, we're always pushing behind you, we're always wanting to have the same level of success as the test team would have. And that raises everything. And I think that has shown for me in the attitude today doesn't guarantee anything in any way, shape or form. Um, and as you've just said it, if there's a yellow card or a red card, and we haven't talked about that in the game at the weekend, whether we would have continued to go on and win if there hadn't been a red card or if there hadn't been a flurry of cards. And for me, the officiating has been incredibly hard to watch because it's yo-yoed, depending on which referee was playing. Um, one thing I will say that uh, that comes out of this trip or uh, this tour and other tours of this uh, um in this summer is that we need to find a way to make the game less complex to understand for the fans. It's for people who've played the game and for even people who are involved at the moment, they're actually doubting whether what they're seeing is right, wrong or indifferent yeah. for the fans. It's almost impenetrable. So that makes it very difficult. Well, the, the matrix around the cards, like there's uh, 42 different or whatever the number is, 400 Look. different uh, potential permutations. 
it's inevitable that there would be a mistake. You watch a guy when you watch a, a guy, Jar, standing on the sideline counting players with his fingers. You know this is bullshit. You know this has to be tidied up. Something is wrong. Yeah. Um, a couple of texts coming in. Right, Mark McDonough says Frawley for the bench, Joey out. You have cover at ten and twelve. Then and then Kigo says the problem is that if both Frawley and Carberry are on the bench, one of them will end up coming on in a different position than we want them, which is what has been happening to both provincially. So. Um, well, we have to enjoy the, the moment and live in the moment for this moment because this is quite unusual. And this is very different from three or four weeks ago when you're going down there to say, well, we want to blood players. We want to try and see if we can eke a win. That would be fantastic. Um, you also want to try and notch a piece of history if you can. And know that the circumstances are that we're one all going into a final game. You do absolutely everything you can to win the series. That's first and foremost. And um, and can you maximise that by having um, um, a couple of different opportunities on at the back? I, I, I think you can sell your soul for this weekend. Yeah. And it may not it may not fill the plan for exactly what happens in the World Cup, but we can't consistently do that over the next twelve months. So that's the that's the point I would say on that one. Yeah. Okay. One other thing that was interesting was that um, it is indeed a penalty try when you hold back a player who is being passed the ball but is tackled without it uh, so maybe, maybe at the weekend if there hadn't been a red card who knows what would have happened but um, I'm glad that the rules do still apply in those circumstances uh, as the All Blacks were awarded one today and we weren't on, on the weekend yeah I just it's it's the variance from the, the attitude of people at different times I mean look I had one for uh, when it was at Stevenson he tried to uh, catch the ball and then tried to kick it and the referee had said in his mind, well, there was no way he was tapping that up to try and catch it again. Well, he nearly pulled a hamstring trying to kick the ball so it didn't hit the ground. Now, you could say he was covering his ass, but on the same token, I think a lot of those knock-ons that are given as deliberate and yellow cards shouldn't be. Because in a lot of the cases, he was going for an intercept because he went all, all out to go for it. Um, and uh, for me, that's one of the things that I just think pushes it too hard. It comes down to the interpretation of what somebody says. So you had a touch judge and a referee openly disagreeing over how they saw it. Um, no, I would still go back and say the referees call a sacrosanct. But I mean, it's it's just hard. I just think it's there's there's too many laws that are open to kind of crazy interpretations and ones that are sim- like ones that are are make sense make sense and ones that don't don't you know so it, it, at times we get stuck in total pedantry and yeah. that makes it very I mean look the idea of last week that New Zealand should have gone down to 12 players and I understand the reason and rationale why but that's rubbish oh, it's, that, it's, 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 it's the stupidest rule it, it, may, it would yeah. it, like it killed the, uh, the Italy game and in, the, in their circumstances it was because of injury it's just they've, they've overthought it to the point of, of ruining everything but look we're nearly completely out of time you did this post-match after the, the first game against the um, Mario Blacks with Owen and I remember listening to it thinking you're actually relatively positive here even though we just got killed and you've been proven correct there was enough in that that you saw that we were like making some uh, accommodation with the scoreline and uh, there's been a complete mind shift from everybody about our level of expectation for what's going to happen this weekend so call it for me now what's going to happen at the weekend well there's a plan until there's a better plan that's one thing that always works anytime you talk about this um 
I have no idea what's going to happen at the weekend. There's a kind of a joy in that too. So I would have said if we had got a win, I would have been unbelievably happy. But like we're greedy. We want more, you know, and um, and we want it to be a stepping stone and not, uh, and not the end. But we have to learn to enjoy the moment as well. I mean, last Saturday... I was a, a, nearly as excited as you can get watching a game or a game of rugby because when you see a team like Ireland go out and play to that level, you know, in New Zealand, it's pretty extraordinary. So I think we have a chance and I think that chance depends an awful lot on our attitude and our attitude has improved as the tour has gone along. I'd like it to continue to improve and yeah. that doesn't mean anything at all. I think the pressure on New Zealand is extraordinary. On Sam Kane and on Ian Foster, I can't only imagine how much pressure they're feeling. So what's their what's their reaction going to be? Is it going to be hard edge? Is it going to be silky skills? Is it going to be whatever it takes to get the win? Um, but I think both of their jobs could be on the line if they don't get the win. So that's an interesting pressure pressure to, to play into their minds. With back-to-back I tests. Know, I'm just looking forward to it. That's it. Yeah, with back-to-back tests against South Africa to come for them as well. And we're going to play South Africa in November as well. Um, one last one here. Frawley in for Carberry and Timoney or Coombs in for ring row six forwards on the bench and loads of options for the last 15 minutes um, certainly there's plenty for them to think about uh, and then somebody else here is saying Coombs and Timoney on the bench when we play against South Africa France or England they're beasts they don't have the skills of Doris or Van der Fleer or Conan but they are the definition of robust and suddenly the world looks a very different place with a bit of strength and depth and some wind in your sails Keith great stuff enjoy the game at the weekend thanks a million we'll talk to you real soon cheers cheers OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.